So I'm going to be sharing with us briefly this morning on you are our epistles. You are our epistles. Amen. Uh, my text is going to be from 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I'll read a few verses, verses 1 to 6, and then verses 15 to 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 to 6, and then verses 15 to 18. Do we begin again to commend ourselves or do we need, as some others, epistles of commendation to you or letters of commendation from you? You are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read by all men. Clearly, you are an epistle of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the spirit of the living God, not on tablet of stone, but on tablet of flesh, that is, of the heart. And we have such trust through Christ toward God, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. Verse 6, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Verse, verses 15 to 18 now. But even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil lies on their heart. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now, the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in the mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. The Lord bless the reading of his word. Let us pray. Father, we just want to thank you for this time to share your word together. I pray that your word will speak to someone's heart this morning. I pray that our lives will not remain the same in the name of Jesus. Thank you, blessed Lord. And may we be living epistles even to our world in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, from this passage, Apostle Paul began to speak to the people. But, in our Bible study, for us to actually understand what is being said or discussed, we need to read in context. So, when you are doing your Bible study, the best way to do it is Apart from the passage you are reading, just look at the last few verses of the previous passage to get 
a picture because where you are reading is a continuation of what started before. That's why now I will read from 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 17, to actually see what happened before we get to chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 17 now. For we are not as so many peddling the word of God, but as of sincerity, but as from God, we speak in the sight of God in Christ. Now, looking at some background to this story, there has been a bit of debate. There has been a bit of competition. There has been a lot of peddling of wrong messages. There were false prophets who had infiltrated the culture at Corinth at the time. And they have actually told the people that, well, you think you are saved, you think you are born again, you think you are now a Christian, you have come from idols to Christ. This, your preacher man, is suspicious. It's not legit at all. They now began to say so many things. The false preachers, false prophets began to say so many things to discredit Apostle Paul. So that was why he now said, for we are not as so many peddling the word of God, but as of sincerity, but as from God, we speak in the sight of God in Christ. And he now continued from there. Don't forget, in the days of old, Bibles were not in chapters and verses. So he continued his conversation. Do we begin again to commend ourselves? Or do we need, as some others, quick means the false prophets have been doing it, or there are people who have been doing it. Do we need, as some others, epistles of commendation to you? Or letters of commendation from you? Is that? Do we not begin to argue over what, what not here? But one thing is certain, you are our epistles. Written in our hearts, you are so there, you are precious to us. And we are so bold even to talk about you. We are proud of you. We can talk about you even to others. Amen. So, Amen. quickly, just before we continue, what is an epistle? Because for the younger ones, they might say, what do you actually mean? What is an epistle? An epistle was a letter written on a scroll, most often dictated by an author to a scribe, and then reviewed by the author before being delivered by a trustworthy messenger. An epistle was a letter written on a scroll, most often dictated by an author to a scribe, and then reviewed by the author before being delivered by a trustworthy messenger. The word epistle 
means a letter. And in New Testament studies, it refers to letters written by apostles to churches or individuals, as we have seen in the New Testament. So throughout the Bible, we find that we as Christians have been compared to many things. We have been compared to branches. In John 15, where the Bible says, I am the true vine, you are the branches. We have been compared to salt. In Matthew 5, you are the salt of the earth. In the same chapter, we have been compared to light. It says, you are the light of the world. Let your light so shine that they may see your good work and glorify your heavenly father. And in John chapter 10, we have been compared to sheep. Jesus said, my sheep knows my voice and I know them and the voice of strangers they will not hear. So in this passage before us today, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, we are compared to epistles. Amen. You and I are epistles or letters written with the spirit of the living God. And do you know what? Letters carry messages. Now, if you are a letter, if we as believers are letters, what kind of message are you carrying? Thank God for the life of that young girl again. She's done well. And God will uphold her to the very end in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to quickly see again another translation of scripture because we are going to focus mainly on verses 2 and 3 of that 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I'm going to read NIV translation of that verses 2 and 3. You yourselves are our letter written on our hearts, which means you are special, you are precious, you are so dear to us. And do you know as human beings, whatever you appreciate or something you like, what do you do? You hold them close to your heart. It says, written on our hearts, known and read by everybody. In other words, we are proud to talk about you to people. Amen. Verse 3 now, it says, you show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablet of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. Amen. I will read again from the Living Bible. This one kind of made it clear and straightforward that although there were false prophets in Corinth at that time, trying to distract people from the truth, Apostle Paul responded to them and said, simply put, you are my letter of recommendation. 
The only letter I need is you yourselves. By looking at the good change in your hearts. By looking at the good change in your hearts. Everyone can see that we have done a good work among you. Amen. The only letter I need is you yourselves. You are our epistle. By looking at the good change in your hearts, there is a transformation that has taken place in you. Everyone can see. Everyone can see we have done a good work among you. Verse 3 from the Living Bible. They can see that you are a letter from Christ. So Jesus Christ is the author from the definition of epistle, written by us. We are described. That's what Paul was saying. It is not a letter written with pen and ink, but by the Spirit of the living God. Not one carved on stone, but in human hearts. Hallelujah. So, Apostle Paul was saying, the kind of letter we are talking about is not just the one they go about taking from people to discredit us. But this letter is written by Christ himself. We are only described carrying the message. And the result of the message of Christ through us, you are the one. You are our epistle. You are our letter of recommendation, or you are the letter of commendation that we have. We don't have to brag and boast about letter from somebody there or from somebody there, but you are our letters. Your changed lives. Because in that verse, he says, everyone can see the change that has taken place in you. May I ask us today, can people see the change in you? You know that song that we used to sing? It says, let others see Jesus in you. Amen. Let others see Jesus in you. When people see us, what do they see? I mean, just like Pastor said earlier on, he said, it's not just about what we say. How do we live our lives? What kind of example are we? Amen. And I want us to know that there are different kinds of letters. There are different kinds of letters which represent different aspects of our lives and how we affect or impact the world around us. There are different kinds of letters. Some letters are written in bold for emphasis. Some letters are written containing italics for, to highlight it. Some letters are short. Some letters are long. Some letters carry urgent messages. Some letters are just informative. Some letters announce. Some letters demand. These are different aspects of the scripture that refers to our lives. 
When you want to correct, you don't say, I just want to tell you. No, there are different approaches. And this is the kind of lifestyle as believers that we are to portray to people. When somebody is doing something wrong, is your life an example that they can say that, no, I dare not do that when Mark is around, when Ella is around, when Tina is around? Is your life that example that people can see and say, listen, even without you saying a word, I know I've done something wrong. Praise the Lord. So seeing that we are believers, as believers, we are living letters. What does the world read when it sees us? Are we letters of Christ? What are they seeing in us? You see, there's been times when people talk. Just like somebody will say, remember others are watching you. When people will say, ah, oh, no, if that is the way your Christianity is, I would rather not have it. Why? In other words, they could not see anything different in your life compared to theirs. So they feel, well, there's no need to change anything. Praise the Lord. But the scripture is filled with big birds of those whose lives took on a decidedly different tone when confronted with the truth of the gospel. In John 8, 32, the Bible says, ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And let's see some of the people who actually encountered the truth, who encountered Christ, and their lives changed for the better, and how they went on being letters, examples, evangelists, preaching the gospel. Hallelujah. Matthew was once a tax collector, but after he had encountered the Lord Jesus, he became an apostle. What about Mary Magdalene? The Bible says, out of whom Jesus cast out seven demons. She was once demon-possessed, but later became a follower of Christ. What about Nicodemus in John chapter 3? He was once a ruler of the Jews, but he saw something different in the life of Christ. He came to Jesus by night. He said, no man can do this thing you are doing except God be with him. It's like God changed that after the death of Christ, he came to care for the crucified Savior. He was one of the people that actually took Jesus' body for burial. What about the woman of the well? In John chapter 4, she was so morally bankrupt that the community completely alienated her. Nobody wanted to associate with her. But when she encountered the master, when she met the Lord, when she encountered the truth and she was set free, she became an evangelist. The Bible says the, the woman ran to the city and said what? Come see a man 
Who told me all I ever did? What is your life telling others as believers? Is your life inviting others to Jesus? When there are questions on human hearts, on the, I mean, in their lives, is your life saying, come and see? Is my life saying, come and see, and see that the Lord is good? What about Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus was a tax collector. But when he encountered the master, he even made restitution. His life was changed and he became an example. Whoa, time will fail me to talk about this man. I just love the story. In Mark chapter 5, the gathering madman. <laughs> You see, your story will change for the better. No matter the challenges you've been going through until now, at the presence of Jesus Christ, the truth, you are set free and you become a testimony. In Mark, 15, Mark chapter 5, verse 15, the Bible talks about this man that the demon possessed was clothed. This was a man who never put on clothes, who was cutting himself, who was sleeping in graveyards. Hallelujah. The Bible says in verse 15 of Mark chapter 5 that he was seated, he was clothed, and in his right mind. Hallelujah. What a transformation. What a change. There was a great change that took place in his life when he encountered the master. That when Jesus wanted to leave that place, he said, let me go with you. Jesus said, no. Go back to your people and tell them what God has done for you. And that madman became an evangelist to 10 cities. Decapolis, it was called. 10 cities. He became a letter of Christ to 10 cities. When people see our lives, irrespective of where you go, irrespective of where you turn, irrespective of your accent, is your life actually speaking louder than your voice that Jesus is Lord, that people need Christ? Hallelujah. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17, the Bible says, if any man be in Christ is a new creature, all things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Those examples encounter the Lord and their lives were changed. All things were passed away. All things became new in their lives. As a believer, what does the Bible say is in Psalms 1, Psalms 1, hallelujah. Psalms 1 verse 1, let's see what the scripture says. Psalm 1 verse 1, it says, Blessed is the man who walk not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of discomfort. In other words, when a change has taken place, you will no longer walk in the counsel of the ungodly. You will no longer stand in the path of sinners. 
He will no longer sit in the seat of discomfort. And do you know what? If you don't watch the way you walk, you will end up standing. And if you don't watch the way you are standing, you will end up sitting in the wrong place. Amen. There is no time to break that down. There is a walk. There is a stand. There is a sitting. It's just that as believers, we must be careful where we walk, where we, how we pattern our lifestyle. We must be careful where we stand. And we must be careful where we sit. Who are our company? Amen. In John 3, 6, the Bible says, that which is born of the spirit is spirit. That which is born by the flesh is flesh. And in Galatians 5, 25, Galatians 5.25. You are our epistles. We are the living letters of Christ. Amen. Galatians 5.25. Amen. Galatians 5.25. The Bible says, if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. How? How do you mean? Am I able to see spirit and walk in it? No. Walking in the spirit is patterning your life. The kind of life you live, your lifestyle must be according to the spirit so that you are sensitive to things around you and the spirit begin to guide you into all truth. The spirit begin to tell us how we are to live our lives, direct our lives. People are able to see the change that has taken place in us. Before you can talk anyhow, now you don't talk anyhow. Before you dress anyhow, now you don't dress anyhow. Before you can go anywhere, wherever, but now you are careful of where you go. You are careful what kind of company you keep. Amen. In Acts of Apostles, the Bible says that people saw the boldness of Peter and John. And when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they forgot something. They did not realize whether they had been to Oxford or Cambridge. Amen. They did not realize whether they had been to Imperial College or London School of Economics or one of those institutions that they will call it in this nation. But one thing they recognized, one thing they saw, not just by what Peter and John were saying. They knew they had been with Jesus. Hallelujah. While it is not wrong to attend the best university, 
while it is not wrong to attend the best education, whatever, wherever we are. But when people see us, what do they see? In the life of Peter and John, they knew they had been with Jesus. They knew they had been with Jesus. In fact, in Gospel of, in Acts of Apostles, when the Bible says the disciples were called Christians, do you know originally Christians were not a nice name? It's one of those names you call for ragamuffins in those days. Because the way they, re, they refer to the disciples, they said they were first called Christians in Antioch. They were like called Jesus freaks. Come on, is those, 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 you know, in a demeaning or degrading manner. They are just all those followers of Christ. They are the ones. But hallelujah is a testimony today that we belong to Christ. Hallelujah. So let us often tell more about the writer than they do the subject. Some letters even tell us what we don't want to know. Do you know, sometimes when you read the Bible, you're like, oh, wow. And do you know, as a letter of Christ, when unbelievers come around you, they are very careful. They begin to watch, wow. <clears throat> yes, uh, Jesus' brother is here now. Jesus' mother is here now. They call you different names. Different names, Bible Basha, Happy Clappy People, whatever name. They say, oh, there they come. I remember those days they call you SU. People are, I mean, because they know you are different. Hallelujah. So letters, especially the one from Apostle Paul in those days, was like, a chief correspondent from Paul to the people. And it, it was a kind of document they talk about in those days that any letter from Apostle Paul, they cherish it and they even shared it among themselves. They read it among the church. They were the broadcasting system of the early church because they were encouraging words. Each new delivery of a letter from Paul, the apostle, was read and reread by those who were eager to know more about their newfound faith. His letters became the church's sermon notes and Sunday school curriculum all rolled into one in those days. Amen. So closely was letter writing associated with the church in the New Testament that Paul used this metaphor of letters or epistles when he referred to the church at Corinth as his personal letter of endorsement. Say, so you, our epistles, you, our letters, we don't have anything to prove to these people. Do you know what? You don't need to prove anything to anybody. Let your life speak, not just your words. Hallelujah. May we be living examples of Christ, indeed, in the name of Jesus. Paul said, their changed lives validated his ministry. The proof was in their pudding. They were an example of what God's word can do in a person's life. Wherever we go, 
are we actually showing what God's word has done in our lives? Are we, are we actually living the life that shows others that something has happened to this person? You see, uh, as, a, as a speaker with Christians Against Poverty, that was one of the testimony. This girl used to do drugs and all sorts of atrocities. But one day, she got born again. She began to grow. She began to grow. Now her friends saw her and they looked at her and they said, something has happened to this girl. And they went to her and they said, what's happened to you? She said, what's happened to me? Jesus has happened to me. You know what the friends asked? They said, is that another name for amphetamine? Or is that a new brand of a particular drug? Because you are so excited, you are, I mean, you've changed. When people see you, what do they see? Do they notice a change in you? Does your life, I mean, makes meaning to them? Does your life preach a message to them? And some of those girls now said, well, if it's another brand of the drug we used to do, and it has changed you, we want some of that. May people see you and say, listen, we want to know your Jesus. Hallelujah. You see, their changed lives validated his ministry. So today, I'm encouraging us and I'm exhorting us that every man, every woman, Girl or boy, thank God for our young sister there, is an open letter of Jesus Christ. We are an open letter for him. But what is, what is people going to read in you? How we live our life. Every Christian is an advertisement for the kingdom of God. What are you advertising? We judge the shopkeeper by the good that he sells. We judge the craftsman by the articles that he produces. We judge the church by the disciples it creates. Are you a true disciple of the church? Therefore, men judge Christ by his followers. Men judge Christ by his followers. So today, we ought to know that it's not just what I say that matters. My lifestyle is an example for others to either draw them to Christ or push them away. Christians are meant to be living letters of Jesus Christ, bearing a message of good tidings, of great joy unto our dying world. So, you, our epistles, you are the epistles of Christ. You are the letter that people can read. Like somebody said, some people may never meet Jesus in their lives. 
Some people will never read the Bible in their lives. But you are the Bible that they can read. And whatever they can read in you, will either bring them to Christ or send them away. We are to be messages of hope to people in a hopeless situations. Letting the world know that there is still hope in Jesus. So when you put your life in Jesus Christ, there is a new hope, there is a new joy, and a new existence. A saved man will not want to ruin his body, but we want to make his body, according to Romans 12, 1, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. That's just my word of exhortation this morning, that how do we live our lives? What example are we? When people see you, what do they see? How do sinners feel around us? Do they feel there's no difference between you and them? Or do they feel, mm, the moment you came around, I, need, I know I had to change something? Or will they say, what's the difference between me and you? You lie, I lie, or I lie, you lie. I stole, you stole. I did this, so what's the difference between the two of us? So this morning, we don't need to argue with anybody, just like Apostle Paul said, do we commend ourselves again? Let's go back there before we pray, hallelujah. Second Corinthians chapter three. Second Corinthians chapter three. Say, do we begin again to commend ourselves? Or do we need, as some others, epistles of commendation to you or letters of commendation from you? You, our epistle, written in our hearts, known and read by all men. Clearly, you are an epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the spirit of the living God, not in tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh, that is, of the heart. And I'll quickly read again that uh, the Living Bible translation of these two and three verses. The only letter I need is you yourselves. By looking at the good change in your hearts, Everyone can see that we have done a good work among you. By looking at the good change in your heart, everyone can see. What are they going to see? And verse 3 says, they can see that you are a letter from Christ. So wherever you go, you are a letter from Christ, written by us. We are just scribes. We are just heralds carrying the message. This kind of letter we are talking about is not a letter written with pen and ink, but by the spirit of the living God. 
And Galatians 5.25 says, if we, live, if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. So this morning, let's look at ourselves. I believe from the beginning of the service, God has actually been encouraging us that let there be some shaking so that we can be straightened up. And this is telling us again, wherever we are, are we the epistles of Christ? Are we role models? Are we examples of good things? And like a young girl did, she stood and told them what she knew about Christ. And I know it will leave an indelible mark in the life of the coordinator or the teacher that a girl could stand up and say this. May our life be a testimony 